All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. Folks, this is a conversation that is months in the making. Someone who I'm so excited gave me the grace to you know, continue, you know, getting this planned even throughout, um, you know, a few reschedules. This person's a serial connector. She's an angel investor, corporate responsibility expert. She's the founder and CEO of McPherson Strategies, which is a communications consultancy focused on the intersection of brands and social impact. She's also the author of an amazing book. It's something I can't really put down, The Lost Art of Connecting, The Gather, Ask, and Do Method for Building Meaningful Relationships. Uh, she's has tons of experience, 30 over 30 years in marketing, public relations, sustainability. She speaks regularly at conferences. She's been on NPR, CNN, USA Today, New Yorker, New York Magazines, the LA Times, and uh, she lives in Brooklyn. Please welcome none other than Susan McPherson to the podcast. Welcome, Susan. Thank you, Alex. I, I hope I can live up to that uh, introduction, but it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm sure you will. And then some. Susan, you know, we were talking before we were, we were connecting and I, and I hope we were, I hope we we really bring out in others, like not just in this conversation, um, you know, really things we can all, we all should be doing uh, and sometimes that we all get wrong in connecting with others and maybe like how we can maybe make some subtle changes in our lives uh, to connect with others. Um, and, um, you know, t- telling the story of, of, of just, you know, where you learned some of this, what, what behind the book, um, before I get into a lot of that, I, I always like to kind of frame things up in the beginning with a signature question, but for you, I want to ask you a question so that I can get the listeners to connect with you. So I want to ask you just a really simple question, Susan, um, about what you do, but instead of asking you, like, what do you do? Tell us about you. I want to ask you, what do you love, Susan? about what you get to do every day? Um, Well, that's a great question. Uh, And I am blessed and grateful for what I get to do every day with a remarkable, extraordinary team. But um, some of your listeners may think this sounds a bit Pollyanna-ish, but we actually are helping to change the world for the better. We are helping organizations every single day, companies, nonprofits, NGOs, foundations, to communicate the good that they're doing so that they can do more of it and get support for what they're doing. Um, so I, I thank my lucky stars, given the, the the crazy times we have been living in the last, you know, I'd say the last 15 years. It's wonderful to wake up in the morning and know that it, at least as hard as work may be, we are moving the needle even slightly. I love it. It's so, so well put. So I mean, I can feel kind of the purpose and passion kind of in that statement. And and I always love, like to start with a question like that, because it's like uh, I was listening to you on a podcast and you said a really simple question to move from like we 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 ask people like questions like, you know, like, how's the weather or what's going on? And you make jokes about it. Uh, you met someone, uh, a Danish man who 
said, you, you, you Americans are so simple. You know, you ask these questions like, how's the weather? And you don't really want real answers. And we really want to bring out emotional responses in people. And, um, I feel like that's some of, some of the beginning of some of the greatest conversations I've been in. Um, and, um, you know, so like, uh, because this is a podcast around how people connect around sales and how we have all these, like every human being has these emotional reactions and we all have emotions. We just sometimes don't know how to tap into them. So um, I always like to ask people uh, kind of their definition or how you would take this phrase. When I, when I say this to you, Susan, um, when I say like something like to sell something and to sell it by being human, you know, what kind of um, you know, just what comes to mind or what, what does that, what does that phrase mean to you when I say something like to, uh, that to you? Solving problems and learning what is important to the other person, to the other organization and how you in your role can be solving their problems, listening, learning, and then responding. That's when I hear that phrase. That's what I think of. Yeah. You know, I I sometimes um, think that like like learning and listening to to problems is is it, it is so key. I I completely agree. You know, and um, like I'm I'm wondering like some of the things like when you listen because you talk a lot about it in the book. Like when you pick up on things, what how do you use how do you like use them in conversations? How do you like to like weave in things that people say? Um, and show them that they're like, that you truly are listening um, to in the conversation? I mean, I think it's really important to um, repeat back sometimes what you hear uh, so that somebody knows you're, they're not just speaking into the ether and nobody's listening. I think it's also important in your follow-up actions, right? Um, so the next day or the next week, when you follow up to make mention of something that that person said, which further com com commits to the fact that you heard them, you saw them, you listened to them, you, you knew they were another human being. Um, and that doesn't always have to happen right at the moment. In fact, sometimes it can be really powerful if when you do your follow-up, as opposed to saying, Alex, it was really nice talking with you last night. But instead say, Alex, thank you so much for sharing that really powerful story about your father and his texts, which is what you and I were talking about before we started taping. So in other words, it, it, it further solidifies you as a human. Um, and, and you don't have to remember everything somebody says. In fact, it's, it's not humanly possible. But I think sometimes making mental notes and sometimes to be able to do that effectively is repeating back to the person what they're saying. So it can be solidified. Yeah. You wrote a quote in your book that I just, I'm, I'm, I want to like stick it on my wall and that you just made me think. And it was like, you know, having a connection after the ask, you know, or like the, the, after the interaction, right? So like you said, the connection that ends after the ask is not a connection, it's a business transaction, you know? And so that's like, you know, furthering that connection is is like actually saying, thank you so much for what you said about, or thank you so much for teaching me or or, or sharing that with me or helping me learn about that because of why um or what it meant to me people go oh wow like she we she was actually present in our conversation and really cared about it so um you really made me think about that um so 
you did. We talked a little bit about our parents before this call. And so I love like, you know, figuring out like, okay, you didn't just, you know, wake up one day or just say, decided I'm going to study the art of human connection. And um, even though you were in PR and communications, like for years, I mean, you, this book didn't come out until, you know, um, like just (laughs) recently, right? It's not like the first thing you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You did in your, your career, right? So talk to me about like some of the people, like some of the people who you learned from. And I know we also talked a lot and you dedicated this book to your mother. Um, maybe talk a little bit about what you picked up at an early age or what things that you learned from your mom and, and, and what, how she connected so well with others. Sure. Well, I, I dedicated the book to my mom, but I have to say it was both my parents who were serial connectors at a time when there wasn't technology other than the manual typewriter, the telephone, and, you know, the, the postal mail, which, of course, we still have today, but probably using less and less. And every morning at the breakfast table, both my parents would be sitting in front of five local newspapers and most likely the day befores or the day befores. New York Times, because living in upstate New York, the New York Times would come via the mail. So you never knew if it was going to be the next day or the day after. And they would sit with their, uh, you know, razor blade or scissors clipping and cutting articles that made them think of other people. Then they would go to their respective manual typewriters, type short little missives and put the notes and the articles in the envelopes and off into the mail they would go. And growing up that way every morning, I assumed everybody's family did that and everybody's parents. Um, so that was very inspiring. It also taught me the notion of intentionality when communicating with others and thinking and being proactive rather than waiting for somebody else to. And when they did this, there was no kind of return and, you know, stamp address return envelope. I mean, it was more just putting good, putting love, putting kindness into the ether. Um, and both of them very much, I, I dare I say thrilled, but made it extraordinarily important growing up that I learned early on that every single person, no matter who they are, no matter what role they have in society, no matter what job they held, no matter what religion or color of their skin, they were worthy of our curiosity, our attention, our kindness, and our compassion. And I am grateful for that because having that as an ethos or a mantra has enabled my life to be very, very interesting. Because I wasn't afraid to meet people who weren't like me. Um, can I do more? Of course, because we tend to get in our, our bubbles. Um, most of us do. Um, so I, you know, I certainly don't want to absolve myself from that, but that deep seated curiosity that everyone has a story, everyone has, um, something to share, something to give has kind of inspired me to be a connector. Um, and, you know, I, my mom sadly was killed when I was 21, uh, in, a, in a horrible tragedy. And I think much of my 20s and 30s, I wanted to carry on that kindness and connectivity that she bestowed. bestowed. And I don't know if I was very intentionally, but it became part of me. Um, and I think I, looking back now, all these years later, that I think I wanted to carry on the life that she would have continued to live. Oh. Taken from this planet at 56 or something. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's so powerful when you kind of feel like you want to live and carry on like someone else's mission, right? Like, because then, because, because then again, you're, you're, you're not, you write a lot in the book about not thinking about like just yourself or like, like, again, that story, what people can do for me. Like your parents weren't sending out those 
things to get meetings, you know, for people, or it wasn't like a, a give to get, it was just a, an offering almost like I'm going to put this out in the world and talk about, I don't know, karma or um, maybe just uh, thinking of the greater world around them, like making the world better, you know, not even just that relationship better with them because they, because that person could take that article and then start a, a company or take that article and start a nonprofit or take that article and, and introduce other people who introduce other people. And then it's like a chain reaction. So um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like there's probably so many unexpected things that have come your way by living in that way of carry on, carrying on some of what your mother did or unexpected connections. I don't know. I mean, I founded my company at 48. I'm now almost 58. Uh, we have 15 employees. We work with major corporations, NGOs, nonprofits. And I have to say, 90% of our business over the last almost 10 years has been inbound. So I have to believe that all the connections that I built in my 20s, in my 30s, in a good part of my 40s, actually have come back to help the business. So connections actually are, are fundamental to both our personal lives, of course, for enrichment and, and joy, but also for business. And, you know, and, and, and so I, I have to credit, obviously, the team does exceptional work and then that drives a lot of referrals, et cetera. But it, it is remarkable and I, I am grateful that I took all those meetings. Exhausted, yes. But again, it was more, you know, it wasn't like, oh God, another meeting. It was, oh, an opportunity to learn something about someone and learn something about myself that perhaps I didn't know. Yeah. You know, um, you you know, you uh you, you made me laugh because you were saying I think I saw I heard you on an interview once where you were saying something like, um, you know, I went to someone's wedding that i met on twitter or something like several several people's weddings that you've met on on social media people would hear that i know people would hear that susan think this woman must be crazy like (laughs) how can you just meet a stranger on social media and attend her wedding or why would that person even think to invite i mean weddings are expensive i mean they're a couple hundred bucks ahead and you already have a probably a long (laughs) list of people i mean i know with my wedding you had to take people off and i would think like the person you met on Twitter, you know, a few months ago, or, or I don't know how long ago that was, but the, the person that you met on Twitter and never met in real life uh, would be at the top of the list. But, but, but why do you think that is? Like, how do you, you know, let, maybe talk about like, now, nowadays we meet so many new people. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I post a lot on LinkedIn. I, I meet so many new connections and that's just it. We have connections, but we're not connected, you know? And how do you take, you know, some of your, connections and and really balance like i susan i know you can't have that kind of a wedding type of relationship with every (laughs) you know social media connection that you have so how do you balance the desire to really want to know everyone with you know with um you know your time and and um you know deciding who to connect with and make or a true connection with i think if i could if i could successfully answer that it would mean that i have this master plan um, <laughs> okay. like, you know, a wizard behind a spreadsheet that I'm determining. I'm gonna, and, yeah. and honestly, it's much more serendipitous than that. And, okay. You know, it's not like I just get cozy and warm with every single social media person. Um, but when you strike up a relationship and it feels like a, a reciprocal relationship over time, you get to know the person, even if it is a virtual relationship. I mean, 
that's how we survived the pandemic for goodness sake. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we weren't seeing each other and much of it, but I do think during the pandemic, we got more intentional about how we connected and communicated, which harkens back to the way my parents were. So for me, um, you know, I, I try always to listen twice as much as I speak online. Um, I always say we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. I try to use online forums to showcase others. Um, you know, obviously I have to be being a business owner, having employees, I have to do some self-promotion, but I, I err on the side of promoting others. And that's something I learned years ago um, in, in corporate America that it was vitally important. Um, and I think we, we, we know when we know, right? We know when we strike up something kismet, something lovely. And lastly, if we listen more than we speak, which I know is redundant, those relationships will bubble up to the top. But it, it, I, I wish I could say I had some strategic master plan. It's not like that. I also am blessed with a very good memory, which, you know, oh, who knows yes. on wood how long that will last. But that <laughs> helps me, like, you know, somebody will pop in my brain. And instead of saying, oh, I'm going to hold off because I'm busy, I usually try to send them a quick WhatsApp or a quick text or an email and just be like, I'm thinking of you and nothing else. Mm. Do you like if I could just like maybe peel open like the curtain on kind of like what how you're doing like are you like making a habit of like you know a morning routine of like hey here's a list of 10 people or how are you keeping you know do you keep track of it or is it more of a feel <laughs> thing or just you're just like hey um, I'm going to devote an hour to you know just con staying connected with people that I I'm thinking about or something like how do you like keep it up? I guess is, is, well, first is a question. And foremost, your listeners would freak if they heard it was an hour every day. Um, <laughs> and I started during the pandemic and I continue today is texting, WhatsApping, emailing, in some cases, calling three to five people every morning. Um, oh, wow. Maybe five minutes. Um, when I'm asked, how do I have time? I say, well, I have time to brush my teeth. And it is, there is no rhyme or reason. I don't have an Excel spreadsheet. It's whoever pops in my brain. And I probably repeat it sometimes with the same person because, again, there's not this master plan. But the goal is threefold. One, to put a bit of joy out in the world. Two, to check on people, see if they're okay. Or three, just remind people that I'm here and not to forget about me. Again, I live alone. I, you know, it's my only, like, <laughs> it's not like my, <laughs> there's a ton of people walking from my home. Now that my dog, my dog died at Christmas time during the holidays, so it's very quiet. So it's important for me to reach out. Yeah, you know, I feel like you're someone like again. Yeah, you're. I I I, I know. Like even even people living alone aren't lonely, uh, or ca they can be sometimes. But like you cannot be by doing some of those things. Like you are, you have all these connections, right? Like even though they're not physically with you, you have the ability to reach out into the world and. And to, you know, kind of keep those relationships going. And, and it's, I'm sure really, I'm, 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 I have to know that that fed your soul over the last two months um, and helped you in some of the hardest times over the last two months. Right. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about like Susan, um, some people listening, um, like thinking about connecting with people might just say I, I get it or no I know it I'm I don't I know I'm supposed to do like small talk when I'm meeting people for the first time and 
I feel like I'm just, it's getting kind of stale. Like, again, we, we joked about the weather, just like saying, hey, just how are you? How was your weekend and stuff like that? What are ways that you like to like, you know, like start conversations? I mean, you did it with me even, you know, just when we first um, met and I can, I can, I can, I just felt like I, I, you got a story out of me and, you know, instantly. So what, what are some things or things you like to think about questions you like to ask? For people who are like, you know what, I want to like, you know, really like start off like, like really creating a strong connection. Um, so this person really like gets to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them. I'm in it for them right off the bat, maybe meeting them for the first time. Sure. So much depends on the situation. Like, are you at an event and you're walking in and you see somebody by themselves and, you know, we tend to be nervous to walk up to speak to somebody who's by themselves, but I guarantee you almost 100% unequivocally, that person will be relieved when you come up to them. And I often like to say, instead of how are you today is, you know, in three words, tell me how you're feeling today. Or if that feels too wishy-gushy, say, you know, what brought you here? You know, what's your connection here to this event? So that you're really making it more about them than you. Um, I also just over the years have found that for the most part, and again, this is a generalization, but people are more comfortable talking about themselves. So instead of like, you know, for the introverts or the shy people in the world, make it about the other person. And, you know, you, you once you have that conversation, you know, there's so much in our world today. And I realize we, we have a fear of saying the wrong thing or borderline politics, but there's enough in our culture where you can reference the latest Grammy Awards or the Oscars, or, you know, if you could be anywhere on the planet tomorrow and money wasn't an option, where would you go? Um, you know, just to get people like talking about something that they are joyful about. So I think get away from, I always say everything but the weather, because when we talk about the weather, it, there's absolutely nothing personal. Um, granted, we are living in a time of climate change where weather is important, but it really doesn't, it doesn't help you open up. So if you ask somebody where they would want to go, of course, they're, if they are polite people, um, they will ask you and it gives you a chance to think of something joyful that you recall or that you want to go and experience again or someplace on this planet that you want to go that gives you a sense, a, a, an opportunity to explain why. Yeah. I love you. You had like 11. And by the way, for those of you that I mean, we're going to put the book in the uh, show notes and everything, um, you, you said one of those, you had 11 questions to break the ice. And I love that. So I want to ask, I want to turn it back on you. So two things, maybe you could, you know, give our, our audience something. So where, like if, if money weren't an option, you know, you I've, I've seen pictures of, of you on Greenland and Iceland and <laughs> you've been all over the world, Susan. So um, if money weren't an option, uh, I want to ask you two of your icebreaker questions. Where would you go if you could go anywhere? And then also one one I really loved, it's like, what's an article, book you read, podcast you've listened to, or movie you should seen that you should that I should check out? And I'll I'll, I'll give you my two answers to those questions. Go too. for it. Yeah. You want to hear mine first? Yeah. So um a movie you should all check out. I just saw it. It's a new movie. It's by Steven Spielberg. It's his latest movie. It's called The Fable Men's. And have you seen it? Yeah, I haven't, but I'm. Oh my! Yeah, you have to. Uh, you have to tell me what you think of it. The reason why I like it, it's 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 kind of like his like uh, it's a um it's a Hollywood version of his life story. It's a bio biopic, you could say. But 
you know, takes uh, uh, his life story and puts it into like this, 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 just uh, this family story. And it just shows how we're all not perfect and there's art in our daily lives. And he's like such an artist, right. As a filmmaker, but like there's art being, being displayed in some of our, like, you know, most, most dear interactions with our family, with our, with our extended family, with our people we are in, go to school with. And he basically tells the story of art through his, his, his personal story. And I'll just say that it's just such a great, great depiction. And um, if I could go anywhere, I've said this, I'd go to um, Machu Picchu, Peru. It's been on my list of places for too long and I need to take it off of the bucket list and put it on. I like to joke around and put it on the the effort list um, the, to say, I'm going to go, I will do this. And that's my, my two. So. Well, I can tell you, I have been there and oh. it's worth every penny, but it is very crowded. So okay. do research okay. to find out the best time to go when I'm okay. But not to, I don't want to like dismantle your goal. Yeah. Well, you need to, I need to get advice from you now uh, when I do plan the trip. So I was there in May of 2019. Um, wow. And uh, I went with an outfit called G Adventures, which was a client at the time. But I would have to recommend that, you know, we just um, finished Black History Month, but I think we live in a world where every month is Black History Month, and it should be. And I would say the 1619 Project on Hulu. Oh, yes. Uh, by yes. Anna Jones, who, who uh, co-wrote it, or, or forgive me if she wrote it herself. I thought there was one other person, yes. but I could be mistaken. Yes. Um, yes. For... Uh, originally for the New York Times, and it took on a life of its own. And I think living in the world today where books are being banned and canceled, it's like, no, we need we need truth. We need real, reliable, and, and it's a powerful, beautiful, harrowing story of the oh history gosh. that many of us were not taught. Um, you know, and I, I only hope going forward that children growing up um, will, will, will be taught what really happened. Because, you know, I grew up, I was born in 64, so my education... You know, I'm sure there are many gaps in what I missed. I I can co-sign that. I've only seen three or three or four episodes, but it's a whole series. And um, the story, the people she interviews, the inter the the stories, their personal stories of the civil rights struggle, they were not sanitized. And sometimes you get the sanitized version, and we need to 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 get more truth, like you say, into the world. I I completely agree. Um. Well. You know, um, in, in terms of, um, you know, just kind of uh, a framework, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you, you know, just kind of like you, you set up the book. It was like this gather, ask, do method of connecting to folks. Can you can you walk people just quickly through that and maybe things that they can kind of leave and take away from this podcast when they're like just looking at their own networks? And maybe um, we all have to make some really hard asks all the time we're always doing it and we're doing it sometimes with people we don't even know. I mean, in sales, I mean, oh my gosh, if you're buying anything, I mean, as a CEO, I can't imagine how many people are asking things of you, Susan, without even some, maybe even getting your name wrong, <laughs> just totally on the wrong end of the spectrum, doing it the wrong way. But then other people that are asking for things um, in a very human, very, um, you know, very respectful way. And so, um, and then, you know, um, you're also doing things. So, so, and, and, and some of these show up in maybe small, small asks, small ways. So 
So talk to people, maybe walk us a little bit through that and things people can think about the next time they're they're asking someone for something. Sure. Well, um, I can quickly go over the methodology of the book, which is called yeah. Gather, Ask, Do. And then I can talk a little bit about my recommendation for making asks. Yeah, that would be ask, awesome. Gather, Ask, Do is a little bit different than making asks. And you'll yeah. see why in a moment. Um, so the underlying notion of the entire book is flipping networking on its head. When we all learn to network, we were taught, what can we get? What can we gain? When we walk into a room, what can we leave with? How can that person help me? And my whole thesis is flip flip the switch and instead lead with how can we be helpful to others? And by leading with being helpful, the help comes back. So gather is the first phase. And in the gather phase, you connect with yourself, the most important person in your life. You spend the most time with that person. And you do an assessment of yourself in terms of what are your superpowers, because you will need to know that so that you can be helpful. You also, during the gather phase, think about who it is that you want to connect with or reconnect with that you can be helpful to, but vice versa. And lastly, in the gather phase, you think about how you can break that hermetically sealed bubble that I mentioned earlier in our conversation that we tend to surround ourselves and attract people who look like us, sound like us, etc. So that's gather. The ask phase is learning to ask the meaningful questions of others so that you can find out what their hopes and dreams are, what they have going on. And if you listen carefully, and as we discussed again, very challenging for some of us, myself included, you can get to the do phase, which is when you become responsible trustworthy, reliable, all the things that, quite frankly, most of us want to be, both personally and professionally. And then rinse and repeat. So that's the gather ask. I do talk in the book uh, uh, about how to make asks because it is very important as we build and solidify our connections. And what I contend is the most helpful is one, always make sure you give people options as opposed to just yes or no, or one response, because people get scared. If they can't do that, they just don't respond. But two, get people what I call the five-minute ask. Get them engaged. Keep them up to date with some interesting things that are happening in your life, so that when it does come time to make an ask, they have more of a vested interest in what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. my Yeah. You know, it's so important what you say, because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've all had, uh, you know, asks uh, of, of folks um, or we have interactions with people, let's say, and we don't know how to keep them going. You know, um, people like the we people ghost us. Right. And we make up all sorts of stories in our head like, man, they just maybe I said something. Maybe they feel like I'm pressuring them. Maybe they think I'm selling them something. Maybe they think it's all about me. Like, what did I do when in reality they just they're they just don't have time or they just there wasn't any reason for them to reach out to you i mean um you even said something about ghosting people are just afraid um it tends to happen when there's one ask <laughs> and then people are afraid to write back and said like no i can't do that mm -hmm. but um, if you give them options and a exactly. couple maybe less of a yeah. lift yeah. it's much more likely that they respond yeah yeah so yeah i mean you you made me think of like there's someone that like i had a really good conversation with she's um really like well known let's say has a like huge following you'd see her on huge stages and she even we respond like she comments to mine on my stuff on linkedin and even said like hey i've 
no problem of making this introduction for you or even coming on your podcast like that. Like, send me the info. It's, you know, it's all good. And it's been a year later and I've followed up with emails and all sorts of things. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? But, um, you know, I think it's just, you know, yeah, it's just timing sometimes. It's just like, hey, it's not necessarily about you at all. Um, 100%. Yeah, but like, I never really connected that three asks thing. Like, it's like, hey, I, I know I we I talked about this and this. Um, yeah, not sure if you could do this or this or, hey, this is happening in my life, you know, thought of you or just eventually they'll be like, wow, like, you know, I've been meaning to get back to Susan or I've really wanted to, <laughs> to, to get back to Alex or just, you know, you can be direct. I like how you can also say, like, after a long time, you can even just say, hey, I know you mentioned this, like, will this ever happen? No worries either way, but just wanted to know, or I don't know how you phrased it in the book, but just also being direct with people um, after those three three asks. And so, and they're not big. Sometimes they're like, you, you joked around, it's like you can, you know, there's a difference of asking people for, for 10 grand versus like asking people for an introduction versus yeah, people, or you know. share on social media. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Small little things that aren't aren't hard for people to do sometimes are better than hey can you take a meeting like a, we think it's hey can we just have a 15 minute meeting or a 30 minute meeting that's a big ask sometimes you know so maybe um start with like something you know three different options let people pick and and, and um see what happens from there but um i really like that um well you know just kind of like you know kind of uh what you hope to get people that like what you've seen, like, let me ask this, like what you, what have you seen people do? What have they, people come to you with and learned and, and told you stories of, Hey, I picked up this and this is what I did afterwards. I, I, I'm wondering like, if you've, I don't know, like if you've been on stages to speak about the book or been in, you know, talk to people in person, but I imagine where people are writing you and saying, Hey, Susan, your, your book led me to do X, Y, Z, but what are some things that, you know, people have done or told you about that maybe surprised you or just really brought joy to you um, after learning? It's hard for me to think of a specific example, but I have received numerous over the last year and a half people writing saying, you know, before I went to an event, I reread the chapter about what questions to ask. Yeah. And you gave me the, the kind of took the fear out of like walking into that room. Um, and others who said, well, I'm an introvert, but you gave me again, the courage. So, you know, it, 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 that has been joyful and writing a book is a slog and publishing <laughs> the book during the pandemic is even more Thank of goodness. a slog. So receiving those have been joyful and wonderful. And, you know, it's interesting. It's still relevant today, even though we are quote unquote out of the pandemic. You know, I, I think if anything, business leaders are realizing that connecting is no longer a soft skill that it is so needed. And if we have hybrid workforces, we have to do everything we possibly can as the people, if we are in charge, to help facilitate. Because not everybody feels safe and nor should they, and, you know, they don't have life experiences to feel safe. So, you know, it, those who hold power need to be doing everything they can to help those people feel safe enough to make connections and comfortable. I can't agree, agree more. I've always I liked using the term like human skills because, you know, hard skills can, they're, they're things that really can, um, they can be taught, they can be um, repeated, they're fairly like ubiquitous, they're like around us, like your technical skills are things that there's, there's manual for, manuals for, and we think um, 
they're hard to learn, but in reality, they're there are things that can be taught where like soft skills are are not soft and they're like um you know they're typically people think that they're innate you have you're either born with them or not um when these things can be learned um however uh you know over time sometimes we forget that like those aren't it's not just they're not just traits that you have like yeah. it's not just you know it's not just susan you know, some people are connectors over here and some people are just not. And we have to like, just realize that it's, these are skills that are human skills that can be learned um, and that that are important in business. Um, you you actually made me think like, so recently I was dealing with a client in sales and I totally did. It was, I, I love the unexpected things from connecting with people. So I'm just, I, I like to think of giving, uh, connecting with others by giving some of me um so like at the beginning of a conversation so like what can i get like someone to tell me about where they are where they live where like i say well you know when they're like oh how was the weekend people be just like good i'm like wow it was <laughs> awesome like i actually um this is last weekend wasn't a typical weekend for me my wife um months ago told me she's a huge uh, philadelphia eagles football fan and you know, she said to me last time they went to the Super Bowl is way too much money and I we can't go. But this time, if they make it, we are saving the money and we're like mortgaging future vacations to go. And um, we went and we saw Rihanna play and we met so many amazing people and we were there. And and, and then the person and like I, and then I said, sometimes in life, you just have to do things that are like once in a lifetime things or things that are just, you know, like you're just in the moment for. And my client was like, I completely agree. I um and I like to ride horses and I'm I'm entering my horse in this competition that's this like thoroughbred racehorse uh you know jumping competition and it's at the Kentucky Raceway and in that raceway that was the same place when I was a kid at 5 or 6 years old I used to like race horses so it's like a it's really kind of and I'm waiting to hear back on the results like either today or tomorrow if I got accepted I'm like please tell me I want to know like please let me know. And then like the next day, Alex, I got in, here's a picture of my, my horse Olaf. And, you know, oh, and we no. had this great conversation. I was like, I was totally not expecting that after just telling, but it's like, it's reciprocal, right? Like you give some of you, like you said, we all have these superpowers. We all have these unique things about us. So if I, Susan, if you told, you told me a story about you and you told me a really heartwarming story and really I'm, I'm, you know, just a, a really an emotional story about, someone you know you're you're about phoebe who's so close to you and i i tell you a story about now now we're kind of in this conversation so i just wanted to tell you what 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 you helped me kind of rethink about and and learn about so thank you for that um as we come like close to the end of this susan i i like to you you might like this question because i ask all my guests i feel like you know some of the um you know, some of the best ways we connect with people are around like stories that are just uniquely us. And so all of my guests, guests, I ask them this one question. So I asked them, Susan, if I asked your closest friends, your family, people that know you the best, what is just something, it could be a thing, it could be a event, it could be just something you do that is just so totally Susan, something that <laughs> would only or could only be something that you do or would happen to you, what would that what would they tell me? What would that one thing be? Well, I, this is painfully obvious, but she's a connector. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, somehow I'll take that to the grave, but I guess there's worse things to be known for. So. Yeah. Um, 
are you the type of person you could be like with a friend and then you're walking and then people are just, Hey, Susan, or yes, oh, you just run into people. <laughs> it happens all the time in Brooklyn. Um, you know, New York City is a large city, but it, yeah. you do run Brooklyn. into people, especially if you're out walking and people here, because you don't drive to go to the grocery right. store, drive to get your glass of wine or, you know, coffee, you inevitably run into people and even during the pandemic. So yes, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, Susan, it's, it's a real joy to talk to you. I, I must say I learned so much from your, your books and, um, and, and just, you know, this conversation, um, you tell everyone, like, um, you, you make this quote in the book about like, if you go to an event, um, meet three people, share three things, learn three things. I so love it. it's such a great quote. Um, you know, how can people like listening to this, um, how can they, um, you know, stay connected with you and and then keep learning from you. And what what is something that could be helpful to you um, that your your guests could do after that? Our, that our, our guests could do uh, after this. Yeah. If if folks read the book, that's a wonderful gift. You can listen to the book on Audible. Uh, yeah. You can find me on all the social platforms at Susan McPhee One, and my company, which does social impact consulting, is McPhee's, McPherson Strategies McPhearsonStrategies dot so um, that's all. That's it. <laughs> but you share share the book with friends. And if you are so inclined and if you like it, Amazon reviews are always a gift. Yes, I love it. You know, pick out something like just one sentence, you know, that you picked up a quote that Susan gave from this um, and follow up in one of those ways. I promise you that you can continue a connection with someone like Susan um, long after this is done. And I hope that this isn't the last time we talk and, and, and that we can uh, stay connected long after this, Susan. I love it, Alex. You're a joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.